Hey all, welcome back to the Real Life Pharmacology Podcast. I am your host, pharmacist Eric Christensen. Thank you so much for listening today. As always, get your free 31-page PDF, absolute no-brainer for any uh, pharmacy student, nursing student, med student, anybody studying for any board exams. Um, that free resource, it's a 31-page PDF. You can find it at reallifepharmacology.com. Uh, you get access uh, to that simply with an email and uh, subscribing to our email list. So uh, definitely go check that out at reallifepharmacology.com. The drug of the day today is levofloxacin. Brand name is Levaquin. Uh, when I first graduated many, many years ago, I saw this medication used a lot uh, for sure. Uh, it is a little bit of a broader spectrum antibiotic. Uh, it is part of the quinolone uh, class of medications. And uh, quinolones inhibit DNA gyrase. Now, this is important. DNA gyrase is important for uh, DNA replication, transcription, and, and ultimately maintaining uh, DNA structure. So by blocking DNA gyrase, this basically uh, blocks that relaxation of supercoiled DNA uh, and ultimately facilitates the breaking of DNA strands within bacteria and also ultimately prevents uh, replication and transcription. So uh, that's how this medication works, which is pretty unique uh, compared to a lot of other antibiotics which uh, work on ribosomes or cell wall inhibition. Uh, this is definitely a bit of a, a unique mechanism of action. Dosing of this medication, typically you're going to see in the range of 250 to 750 milligrams per day. Uh, can be reduced based upon renal function or the frequency can also be reduced based upon uh, renal function there. Severe infections, you know, you're going to be pushing 500 to 750 milligrams, uh, maybe less severe infections or patients with uh, poor renal function, things of that nature. Uh, we may be looking more towards the 250 milligram dose. Uh, indications, what do we use this for? Uh, it's got a lot of potential uses, and I think that goes uh, along with the broader spectrum of coverage that this medication has. So pneumonia can be used for UTIs, skin and soft tissue infections, joint and, uh, joint and bone infections, uh, even as an alternative medication in uh, some of the STDs as well as tuberculosis. So uh, kind of a bit of jack-of-all-trades um, and can be used for multiple diagnoses. Uh, let's talk a little bit about box warnings because this is really the reason why the use of this medication, levofloxacin, uh, has reduced over time. So the warnings, precautions surrounding this medication involve an increased risk for tendinitis and tendon rupture, uh, neuropathy, nerve pain, and uh, some central nervous system adverse effects are uniquely reported with this medication as well. So because of these warnings, uh, it's recommended to limit the use of this medication whenever possible. Uh, in particular, uh, there are some basically non, generally non-life-threatening situations, non-life-threatening infections uh, that we really try to steer clear of using this medication. So uh, some examples here, uncomplicated UTIs, uh, 
uh, bronchitis, you know, generally not considered a life-threatening infection, um, and sinusitis. So we really want to avoid using this medication, uh, if at all possible, in those conditions, uh, as long as we have uh, other alternatives available. There is also a warning on myasthenia gravis. Uh, this can actually worsen, uh, this medication can actually worsen muscle weakness associated with that condition. So uh, those are the, the two important box warnings to pay attention to. Uh, other adverse effects that you may see, may encounter, um, GI is probably going to be the most common one that I've seen in clinical practice, some stomach upsets, some nausea, things of, of that nature, potentially diarrhea as well. Uh, skin reactions have been reported. Uh, some you know dizziness, headache, insomnia has also been reported. Uh, sun sensitivity, uh, so an increased risk of, of skin burn, uh, of sunburn, excuse me. Um, so pay attention uh, for those of you folks in you know more southern areas or summertime, uh, depending upon sun exposure of your patient there. Uh, and then, of course, we've got QTC prolongation. Uh, talk a little bit more about that uh, in the drug interaction sections. Uh, and then levofloxacin being a little bit more of a broad-spectrum antibiotic, uh, we got to recognize that this could increase the risk for uh, C. diff infection. All right, one thing I wanted to dig a little deeper on was uh, some of the tendon rupture risks. I would say this is the question that I've been asked the most in practice uh, from patients regarding the use of this medication because they go online and they see that there's a, a risk of tendon rupture with this medication, which is obviously pretty uh, one unique, but also, you know, pretty significant and, and severe. So uh, Achilles tendonitis, or excuse me, Achilles tendon rupture is uh, the most uh, likely tendon rupture to happen with patients. And there are also some risk factors that go along with this medication that may increase the chances of that tendon rupture occurring when a patient is taking levofloxacin. So probably the first, first and foremost, the most obvious one is higher dose and higher duration uh, that can increase that risk. Uh, older age, so greater than 60, uh, history of uh, being on corticosteroids or currently, excuse me, currently on uh, corticosteroids, renal failure, diabetes, uh, history of, of transplant, and obviously a history of um, tendon rupture in the past or issues uh, t uh, with tendons or tendon, tendon disorder. Um, can increase that that risk as well. Uh, and last but not least, you got to recognize your patients and who we're giving this to. Uh, if there's somebody that you know frequently exercises, maybe they're lifting heavy weights, uh, very strenuous activity, uh, that may put them at risk for tendon rupture as well. So definitely uh, pay attention to those patient characteristics and recognize who you're prescribing it or dispensing it or educating uh, about this medication for. All right, kinetics, let's talk absorption. So this medication is available IV or PO. So that is a really, really nice thing uh, when it comes to, let's say, transitioning patients from hospital uh, back home. Uh, we'll maybe use an IV levofloxacin, and then we'll transition them to PO. Well, because the bioavailability 
of oral levofloxacin is so good, uh, we can generally do a one-to-one ratio. Um, so that is a really, really nice advantage with levofloxacin compared to some other antibiotics where uh, that IV to, to PO transition may require a little math and, and paying attention. Uh, it is primarily uh, excreted in the urine, so 87%, I believe it was what was listed in the package insert. So really important to recognize that, um, and that changes in renal function are going to cause this medication to accumulate greatly. All right, let's take a quick break from our sponsor and we'll wrap up with drug interactions. If you're in the market for any pharmacist board certification study material like NAPLEX, BCPS, ambulatory care, geriatrics, BCM, TMS, go check out meded101.com slash store. We've got a growing list of resources that are updated annually. Uh, we've helped thousands of pharmacists pass their board certification. So uh, go support the sponsor, meded101.com slash store. Uh, and get a great product as well. If you're a nurse, med student, uh, other healthcare professional looking for more pharmacology education, we've got a ton of different books and resources at meded101.com slash store. Uh, go check those out. All your purchases there go directly to help support this podcast. All right, wrapping up with drug interactions. So first and foremost, with levofloxacin, I think of QTC prolongation. It's definitely one of the antibiotics that's highly associated with that risk. So with that can can come torsades uh, and obviously significant uh, cardiac issues. Now, in patients that aren't on many many medications and they don't really have any risk factors for QTC prolongation, it's not something that I stress too much about. Uh, it's a lot of times in our polypharmacy elderly patients um, that are already at risk for more adverse effects just due to their older age and potentially worsening renal function. Uh, these patients are are on a lot of meds. And so drugs like uh, any antiarrhythmics, like amiodarone, for example, uh, antipsychotics, some of the medications used for nausea and vomiting, such as uh, ondansetron, some antidepressants like citalopram, escitalopram, uh, most notoriously, I guess. Um, these are all drugs that can increase the risk for QTC prolongation. So if you see patients taking these medications, uh, definitely not a bad idea to ensure that we're aware of what the EKG is uh, and uh, monitoring this appropriately. And if that risk is too great where we feel like we shouldn't add uh, levofloxacin to a patient's regimen, uh, we definitely should um, recognize potential antibiotic alternatives that we can use there. Uh, the next probably most important drug interaction that I wanted to mention was binding interactions. Uh, drugs like iron, uh, drugs or supplements, I guess, like uh, ferrous sulfate, iron supplements, calcium supplements, uh, magnesium, sometimes zinc, these can bind up the drug and basically block absorption. So you're more likely to run into uh, a treatment failure type situation uh, when we co-administer oral levofloxacin with some of these supplements. Warfarin concentrations can also be increased with the use of levofloxacin. Uh, so you're going to want to pay a little closer attention to that INR. 
also maybe recommend that the patient uh, monitor for any increased uh, bleeding or bruising. Uh, and then tendon rupture. There was one medication class that can increase the risk for tendon rupture, and that was uh, corticosteroids in combination with the use of levofloxacin. So definitely a few important drug interactions to pay attention to with this medication. All right, well, I think that's going to wrap up the podcast for today. I hope you picked up some practice pearls. Uh, Please share us with friends, colleagues, other healthcare professionals, students that may be working with you. Um, Definitely help them learn pharmacology better uh, and help them learn learn through this unique uh, medium of podcasting. So share the real-life pharmacology with all those folks. I'd greatly appreciate that. Uh, If you enjoyed this episode, found it helpful, please leave a rating review on iTunes or wherever you're listening. Support the sponsor, meded101.com slash store, and also get your free 31-page PDF. Uh, Top 200 study guide, no-brainer for anybody to uh, go ahead and take advantage of that. If you got any comments, questions, concerns, feel free to reach out to me at mededucation101 at gmail.com. And I thank you so much for listening today.